Hey guys, I got a surprise for you. This month, we got a sponsor. Really? <gasps> That's right. This episode is sponsored by the bookworms over at Caffeine and Legends. With Caffeine and Legends, you will receive a new fantasy book along with your choice of coffee or tea every month. February's theme is Beasts and Blades. Click the link in the description to sign up today. Use the code FBOM10 to get 10% off your first order. That is F-B-O-M-10. Check out their website, caffeineandlegends.com, to get involved in a fun, interactive community of book lovers. Oh, it feels like it's been a while. I know it's. It, what are we? What are we doing again? I don't know the intro. Who? Okay. Yeah, that's not actually the intro, right? We're gonna start over. No. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> what? Yeah. No, no. Uh, all right. I'll can, take can it I, off if you want, or unless you want to. No, I, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Cool. Unless someone else wants to. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Book of the Month podcast. My name is Peter, and I am your host. That, that sounds is, like me. Yeah. That is, <laughs> is fucking canny. <laughs> Uh, All right. So hello and welcome to the Fantasy Book of the Month podcast. We are the normal crew of miscreants. I am Peter Schaefer and I am here with Katie. That's me. Dan Evanson. Hello. Rachel. Hi. And Nick Evangelista. AKA the people, the people that have last names. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, and we are here to read books and talk about them and hopefully be entertaining and or informative in the process. And what is our theme this month? We paired off and did Secret Santa. <laughs> That's right. Secret Book Santa. We all uh, drew names from a hat and then gave that person a book to read or sometimes a choice of two books. And uh, I don't know, like normally we blather for a while about the theme. I guess we could blather about like our reading tastes. I mean... Honestly, I found it really refreshing to have someone point and say, read this book, because I just, I guess I'm just a sub. I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> No, it's a lot I, less stressful. It really yeah. was. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, I had my issues with the book, but it was it was interesting. I, I would not have found that book uh, otherwise, I think. So like, I found that valuable. Yeah. Well, it's also interesting for me because it's like, do you know my reading tastes? Or also give me new books. I need new books. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now, I mean, clearly I don't always know my reading takes, tastes because was it was it just our last episode that, that I talked about? Um, what was it? The Discovery of Witches? Or is that two episodes ago now? I think that was two episodes because it's december now and that was in october i think that's i believe you um so you know clearly that was a poor choice that i made for myself um katie's okay. choice for me was was much was a much much better uh uh and to my taste even though i had issues with it it's okay i ha apparently have a combination of dan nick and peter's reading taste so so we just should we all just 
pick a book for you and then put it in a blender? <laughs> you're all—I mean, you're already choose, uh, choosing my future spouse. So. so, do I do I pick every first page? Peter picks every second. <laughs> oh man, and Dan every third of a different book. That would be a weird book. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, I was joking because like uh, Nick and I love progression fantasy, like with arcade uh, yeah. Well. That's one of the things I like to read, yeah, but it's not like <laughs> all I like. I mean, you can love it and love other things too. I was also, me and Dan get in arguments because we have very similar the reading taste, and then we find the one series that are like, no. AKA <laughs> <laughs> Wheel of Time. <laughs> and any traditional high fantasy. And the movie Willow. Yes. <laughs> That's the real sin. <laughs> that I was bored during the w- movie Willow. Unforgivable. <laughs> Uh, we send you to fantasy re-education get you settled uh, oh my gosh <laughs> uh, what, what did you did, did you guys um also have similar sort of uh revelatory experiences reading a book that you did not choose like peter did <laughs> mine, oh. was just, mine was just like i don't know what's going on the pacing is weird so you didn't like it no, I did not like it. Oh, <laughs> I, feel no. like I, I I have to thank Peter because mine was very comfortable. <laughs> like it was, it's an older book, and I have kind of stopped reading stuff from uh, before like 1990. But uh, yeah, when was the, when was that from? No, I guess it's 92. It's still, so it's, you know, it's, it's in on that. the bubble. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's a it's a it's old fashioned for sure. Oh, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I uh, I had no trouble getting into my book. <laughs> Um, admittedly, Dan, you gave me like really big books and then a really small book, and I was just like, I don't want to read a thousand page book. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you gave me Tigana, which is really big. I gave you some options that I had read and and some that I have not, and uh, yeah, you went with one I have not read. So I don't know what you got yourself into there. <laughs> In the comments, you got compared to David Lynch, and I was like, oh god. Oh, I would have okay. loved it. <laughs> Do you want to go first, Rachel? Sure. Um, let me get the pull up the author's name real quick. <laughs> because not I am David Lynch. It's not David Lynch. It's like C. Snyder, I believe. <laughs> That's the name. Uh, Goodreads, hurry up. Was it D. Snyder from that David Lynch movie? Lost <laughs> Highway? I thought you were going to say D. Snyder from Twisted Sister. It's the same D. Snyder, Katie. What? He was in that movie. Okay. Anyway, more fun fact that D. Snyder is also David Lynch. No. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so I read Obsidian, the Obsidian Psalms by C. W. Snyder. Psalms with a P. Psalms. Psalm. Yeah, like like the Bible Psalms. 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 <laughs> it's like Pischetti. <laughs> oh no. And I cannot tell you what happened. Admittedly, I was reading this the day before, and I finished an hour before we were recording. (laughs) So I was skimming a bit, but it was still like, how did we get here? What was the plot? Can somebody tell me the plot? (laughs) You know, that's that's what I felt like after reading Foucault's Pendulum. It's like, what's that? (laughs) Oh my God, it's a super confusing book about like supernatural uh, 
conspiracy cults in the real world by um, uh, somebody. I don't. It's, it's going to be ter- I'm going to be terribly embarrassed when I remember the name. Um, or when I look it up, hold on. <laughs> Anyways, so there's a scene that was like a memory about a woman getting frostbite and also having a baby and naming it Carter and talking about the super ego and the ego and stuff like that. I was like, what, what, is, what does this have to do with anything? We're in fantasy land with gods and stuff. Wait a second, that happened all at the same time? Yeah. I mean, you can't name your child Carter when you're not giving birth of, of out of frostbite. How how did he know his name was Carter? You just said it. You did. Oh, okay. Good morning, Rachel. <laughs> no, no, no. This is this is the work of the book. Rachel's in full college mode. She like stayed up all night <laughs> to finish her paper. Literally, I just had midterms, so. Oh man. Anyway, so I was just like, why, why did what does this have to do with anything? <laughs> And then there was a, like tests where people were having like dreams, and I was like, I don't understand. Uh. <laughs> there was like some cool things like necromancy, and it was kind of unreliable narrator. I could get behind that with um because it was like two people in a, the same body and having different memories and stuff like that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that was cool. And then I was like, what's happening? <laughs> Why cool, is this apparently confusing? It got really confusing after that because it, it didn't explain anything. It was too short. It didn't world build enough. <laughs> so I was just like... Well, I wish I could defend this book, but I, like I said, have not read it. I mostly was... I was, you know, informed by people I trust that it was cool and it was about necromancers and uh uh all kinds of cool stuff like that. And, and I'm high off of my, uh, reading of Gideon the ninth and uh, <laughs> so necromancy. sounds like fun most of the time, which I yeah. also just finally read. And I was also thrilled like that. Now that's a book about necromancers. Yeah. Oh, you should read, um, Sabriel then. I have read Sabriel. Oh, you both have, you both have read Sabriel. <laughs> uh, mind. Uh, but, Anyways, I was just, con- I guess it might be my fault because I wasn't reading critically, but uh, even if I'm skim reading, I want to know the plot. <laughs> There's no cohesive plot. It uh, does seem important. I don't know. What, what was it called again? The Obsidian Psalm. Yeah. Uh, okay. It was only like 300 pages. And I was like, uh, A scant 300 pages. <laughs> Clayton uh, Schneider. Fantasy has screwed up my um, method of how big a book is. I'm just like, ah, oh, that's 600 page book. That's normal for fantasy land. But uh, I don't know. I looked at it. I was like, it had decent reviews, sounded interesting. And I was just like, I don't know what's going on. Why are you murdering everyone? I mean, <laughs> the, the blurb sounds neat. Yeah. It could just be me. But I didn't know what was going on, so I don't like it. <laughs> no, that's fair. I've read books where I come, I get to the end, and I'm like, I remember like a third of it, and it's really annoying. Mostly the later uh, uh, Song of Ice and Fire books. Mm. I've never read any of those. You're you, have fine. To re- you have to commit yourself <laughs> to, to those to like 
you have to like get into that that nerdy fix where you like read like theories online and you know i was totally there in the middle of when i when i was reading the wheel of time and only mm-hmm. you know eight or nine books were out um you know i was following whatever it was like it was like white tower.net or the tower.net or something like oh, that. Yeah. And, um, and I, I, you know, read these long papers on, you know, why such and such a character was probably the resurrection of this other character with page quotes or with page references where so-and-so is referred to as tall and looming. And this time in this other place, they're referenced as, as, you know, lean and, and heightful or, you know, like some sort of synonyms for the other ones. So you can infer that they might be the same character. And Bella is secretly a god. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I can't get too deep into fandoms. A, because sometimes they just become toxic after a while. And then B, I'm just like, hey guys, the, the author's probably just overwhelmed with you spouting out Brazilian theories. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, Robert Jordan died. <laughs> um, and that's what killed him, obviously. Uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I read a recent like author's blog post. He was just like, oh, God, now there's, we were number one on Amazon, and now I have tens of thousands of people are like studying every nook and cranny of my book. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that's going to kill me when I'm rich and famous. <laughs> I mean, any day now. I mean, your Kickstarter. <laughs> I mean, the Kickstarter, so. That's true. I am. I am. Probably. Hopefully, it'll be over by the time this thing records. I, yeah. Plays. Hopefully, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. But uh, so I read Obsidian Song by C. W. Snyder. Um, unfortunately, I cannot recommend it unless you, li- uh, you like David Lynch. I don't think I would like David Lynch <laughs> like stories. I mean, I, on on Amazon, it's credited to Clayton Snyder. Oh, on um, Goodreads, it says C.W. Snyder. Hmm. Clayton, Clayton Snyder, C.W. Snyder. Snyder. I'm, I'm sure they're the same person. Yeah. According to his Amazon profile, in his free time, he yells at clouds. Hey, Peter, was it self-published? <laughs> uh... <laughs> Such a good. No, I don't think so. Uh, Rogue so, Publishing I... is what I see on Goodreads. Oh, because uh, that could. Well, you know what? I see an independently published. It says independently published on Amazon. Um, because Robo Publishing might so be his. Prob- probably like a uh, a small press. Yeah. yeah. Oops, my phone's not silenced. Oh no. Anyways, does anyone have any questions about my book that I was just like, ah? Uh, uh, I mean, it seems pretty clear that if we had questions, you would be incapable of answering them because it was a big, <laughs> it was, it was big a big like, mishmash to you, right? Yeah. They had cool necromancy. Oh, okay. So I guess all that was the necromancy cool? Yes. And then it oh, stopped. Oh, man. Good. It stopped being important. <laughs> Stop being important. Stop being important. That seems bad. Oh man! Oh man! That is bad. That reminds me of. Has anyone else read um, Reem D by uh, Neil Stevenson? No, I haven't read any Neil Neil Stevenson other. So so Neil Stevenson has the consistent problem where he doesn't know how to how to how to end his books. Um, 
and and Reendy felt like an intentional like oh yes I do I'm gonna close I'm gonna end this one so neat and pat um and and it it just doesn't work in the other direction everything's too neat and pat but that's not the point the point is that like half the book takes place in some awesome like virtual video game world and there's all this build up oh and- that that's the most recent one it's you know there there are a couple more recent ones but it's oh really one of the yeah isn't this one have like a subtitle like so somebody goes to hell something like no that. that so that's the sequel to to Reem D oh wow that had a sequel oh that was a sequel that I read <laughs> okay All right, I, weird. I think I think it was a sequel it came out afterward and it was about a character from that book but for all I know it could have been a prequel I haven't read it could be a companion um, novel <laughs> yeah sure. Um, but yeah, so there's the, the there's a you know an MMO game world, and they build up all this stuff going on in it, and then the characters kind of like pass through that built up stuff and then leave, and we never see that stuff again. And oh. that it left me wanting that conclusion. So it feels a little bit like oh well, necromancy was cool, then then they dropped it or didn't do much with it. I, the one praise I was going to give this book was it didn't do the thing where it was just like, here's all these characters that you don't care about. Oh, they die in the first five pages. Now you should be sad. Be sad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, those characters did die, but it didn't yell at me to be sad. <laughs> I was like, but I have no feelings toward these characters. That's right. Yeah. They didn't earn that sadness. Yeah. This is like, you have to wrench my heart to make me feel sad about these characters that died two seconds ago mm-hmm. that I had no per- previous <laughs> association with. You can't just have my emotions, book. You have to <laughs> earn them. <laughs> then they just appeared again and they weren't dead. And then they died. And then the main character murdered well, them. And, and In fairness, that is about necromancy. <laughs> I don't think they were brought back to life. I don't know. He oh, fed, just, oh. he fed okay. somebody's their leg to him, like to somebody's leg to them. Like he you, cut, he knocked somebody out, cut off their leg, and fed it to them. <laughs> to these characters that were not dead and then weren't dead, but then were dead again. Yes. Okay, I'm beginning to understand why you come where you why you come to the podcast and have no idea what happened in the book. I was just really grossed out by a dude feeding their leg to their own leg to them. I was just like, what? Oh, it was <laughs> their leg. It wasn't some other party's leg. No, it was. He knocked them out, cut off their leg, and then fed it to them when they woke up. I'm sorry, what? and you didn't like this book? <laughs> yeah, this sounds right up Katie's alley. <laughs> what do you think Katie's having for dinner? I don't... I was just like... Her own leg! <laughs> that's why I got two of them. Yes. Yeah, oh so, <laughs> sorry if that's a spoiler, but I don't care. <laughs> was it? It happens later in the book. I mean, when you can't understand the plot, how can you even know what's a spoiler? I don't know. There were gods. There's one spoiler that I know of involving the gods. <laughs> but Well, you know, I guess leave that one. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> if you like really weird books, go ahead. Go support them. <laughs> All right. I am going to read this book since I made Rachel read it. Is that really? I mean, uh, it sounds like you're trying to be fair, but is is no. I'm still interested in it. 
everything Rachel has said has not made me less interested. Oh, oh, okay. It's just not a book for me who likes plot and characters. Right, unlike Dan who hates those things. Yeah, yeah. And not. I can appreciate a good concept, but a concept can't hold my interest forever. And I'm exactly the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> Dan is nothing but a concept. Anyways. Characters are nice to have, but Anyways. You know, your premise better be pretty good, though. It's it's like my friend who doesn't listen to lyrics. He just likes the music and the syncopation, and I cannot understand it. Admittedly, I like listening to foreign music. But there's not in English, so I don't understand the lyrics. I only uh, listen for the drums. <laughs> that, oh that, that, that is him. That is him. That's so weird. <sighs> Anyways, so, so I, I was going to say, since I suggested uh, the book for Nick, Nick should go next. Oh, oh that's, we wanted, that's a great idea. We want to do it this way. I okay. love yes. this order. Yes. Um, Nick, okay. bring it. I'll bring it, all right. Bring the pain. <laughs> Um, I gotta pull up my tab. I had a tab with. with I actually pulling your tab on Mike. Me and Peter are the only ones that read the books beforehand before suggesting these books. Yeah, before we're pretty what? bad. I, I, I read the book that you suggested. Yeah. So, um, so uh, Rachel recommended to me *Age of Myth* by Michael J. Sullivan. Yes. Uh, part of the uh, what is it? The Legends of the First Empire series. Yes. So. I had read a little bit Michael J. Sullivan previously. He has a bunch of um, shorts, like short stories that are all part of the same. It's it's almost like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. As far as I could tell, it's these two guys that are like up to mischief together. And I listened to all those and they were really fun and I liked them. So uh, I was pretty excited to actually read this book. It doesn't have those characters in it. It doesn't. No, and I I knew that going into it. Okay. Um, Stage takes place three thousand years before that. It does. Yeah. No. And so here's the thing. Like it, it's it's very well written. Um, I really like Michael J. Sullivan's voice in the way he writes, and it is certainly um, like pretty pretty standard fantasy, which I I like. I don't necessarily need people to re- recreate the wheel here. Um, but the entire time I was reading it, it distinctly felt like a prequel. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it was written to be a prequel. Basically, these this trilogy is the story that the well, other books reference as part of their history. Well, it's not a trilogy. It's six books. Oh, si- is it six? Oh, yeah. you're right. Yeah, I yeah and I'm, I'm looking at it on online and I, uh, I realize I can't just can't read it ever because the sixth book is called age of empire with empire spelled E M P Y R E. And I'm just, whoops, nope. I'm throwing up a little and I'm done. The interesting thing about the series for me is it is very sword and sorcery, but he does interesting things with the perception of history throughout the series. Cause he has a, yeah. Yeah. Cause he has a book set in the basically, a medieval period where like swords and magic kings and queens and stuff like that but he also has this prequel series that sets 3000 years before that and you can see how differently history actually turned out right and so hmm. again i have nothing bad to say about this book other than i felt like i was reading them in the wrong order i felt like mm. there were i felt like there were jokes or 
references, references to things yeah. that I didn't understand. So you felt yeah. like you should have read the the books that in in the, in the quote unquote modern age first. Well, and they were written in that order. Right, right. So yeah, so I I definitely feel like um, it you was. Should- it was uh like so at the beginning of each chapter they sort of lead with um what they call like uh well they have like it's it's almost like a i don't want to call it a bible but it is their historical documents one of them is called like the book of brin and that's one of the characters brin right and um so they they you're you're reading from this book that is essentially a historical document and then they're telling you the events that actually happened essentially yeah. um uh, it's just interesting for me because I'm one of my friend, my best friends in history, and she likes to. And I was like, ah, this is interesting because it's like looking at bias. How like this person who's receiving it from the human perspective, it's biased against like other races. And yeah, <laughs> that was really Great. interesting. And you can you can even I mean even without reading the other ones, you can tell where that's happening. Yeah. Um, and I also got to say that reading this uh, from the point of view of any stereotypical fantasy is cool because like rachel said it uh if you were a typical fantasy you're expecting to be like knights and castles and dragons etc and this is much earlier civilization than that like they're living in like literally mud huts and they only have copper swords like they haven't found Mm -hmm. iron yet they haven't figured out bronze yeah or or maybe it's bronze Mm, not iron the first book they haven't invented the wheel yet yeah, yeah. So it's like really early stuff, and it so is cool dumb. to read. <laughs> well, it's no. the, el- the elves are the elves are making them fight each other for population control. They've yeah, they've sort oh, of wow. um, forced all of the humans to live in lands that are not good for crops, and they have them fight each other, and they're basically just preventing them from thriving. Because they view they view them as like flies that will breed too quickly because okay, obviously the, so elves- the elves are the U.S. <laughs> and the humans are the the indigenous people. The rest of the world, no, um, yeah. So it's it's. I mean, think about it. Like the elves live like three thousand years or something. So humans having multiple children within like two years. Right. No, I've yeah, I've I've seen that kind of yeah before. Have you read the uh, Belgariad? Uh, I I learned something about the author that made me feel weird, so I decided not to do it. That that I could see that being fair. Or the the Melorian. It's yeah. by David Edding. Edding uh, Edding. I think the one person that would has left. Well, that's yes. Uh, Dan disappeared in the mo- this moment, but I'm curious, uh, just because the like the summary of Age of Myth feels kind of like the Belgariad or the Melorian to me so i was curious if nick had had read them and could compare but Uh, as he cannot (laughs) uh i mean yeah we we essentially have um i can sort of break down the story really quick spark notes without giving away too much but um basically the uh, a human kills one of these elves and it's prior to that they had thought the elves were gods so it's essentially the humans discovering that um these elves people the, the fray are not gods they're not all powerful and it sounds familiar mhm yeah. you've probably heard of it you've probably come across it cuz it's well Rachel's I'm, talked about it at least once yeah i feel yeah. like i might have read it 
you know, it's almost so kind of like standard, straightforward fantasy that I could see you having read it and just forgot. Yeah, yeah, no, you know I'm, what I mean. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling like I remember something, you know, something about oh, he was the one human who killed one of those magic people, and and but now he doesn't wanna be that guy. And that, yeah, it's, 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 it could easily be, I read some other generic fantasy and, and am confusing it with this, or maybe I read this and it's so generic. I forgot, but like, it's really well done. I really am not trying to say anything bad about the story I wonder uh, if it's in my library. It might be. Yeah. Oh. I realized the reason I thought it was a trilogy is because I own the first three, but not the second set of three. Mm. <laughs> I think it was originally supposed to be a trilogy and then it just got too big. Oh, authors and not knowing how to stop. Yeah. Um, but how did you like Arian? She's my favorite. Yeah, I know you like her. She's good. She's cool. She does, in- more, she does more cool things later, but I like her. Yeah, no, I, I mean... I wait, I wait. Does his father die in the first five pages? Yeah. Yes. Oh, I have read this. <laughs> yeah. It or is at kinda... least like the first, at least, or at least I started. Maybe I stopped. Yeah, it um, is generic, but it's really well done, as Nick said. So. Okay, but apparently my vote is also for forgettable. So, like you know, <laughs> there's that. I guess. I guess it's it's more fun for me because I like looking at the. But like looking at the series as a whole as like the big universe of it no i think it is very cool yeah. um doing that and actually like not not just doing like prequels but committing to them in that sort of way because let's see because he has his original series and then he has this series is set three thousand years before that and i, well, and- and I, al- I also like how different based on conversations you and i have had off air rachel i like how different these prequels are to what we think is the reality yeah in the other series so i think it's a very cool sort of experiment he's doing and he is a very good writer also Um, tim Tim gerald reynolds is the audio as the narrator i love tim gerald reynolds as a narrator he's fantastic so all good stuff Mm -hmm. oh that's the guy that's the guy from uh uh, Red uh, Queen's War. Yes. Oh, that's a great audio audio narrative. He he does a, a sci-fi series that I've been reading too, um, which is Legends of the Galactic Heroes, which is also pretty great. Yeah. So from what Nick is getting at, start with Rhaer Revelations first if you want to get the interesting stuff. Yeah, I think that's the way to do it to really appreciate. I, I think it's actually better to start forwarding than go backwards. Yeah, um, I did. The reason I suggested Age of Myth because I knew you owned it. Well, yeah, no, no, no I, I totally understand. <laughs> um, also, I, do, I had I had to double check in the subreddit. I was like, "Can you read them in any order?" I did, read them in publication order, so I don't it, know. If anything, it's my fault for buying them in the wrong order. <laughs> I totally would have read that, not yeah. having read the other ones yet. So, yeah. Anyhow, so read, um, what? I was gonna say, read it's Theft of Swords. <laughs> yes. Which is so, more buddy <laughs> So uh next up then I guess would be Katie, right? That oh, what did you, is true. Don't forget to what did you read again? Age okay. of Myth by Bye. Michael J. Sullivan. <laughs> Not to be confused with Michael J. Fox. <laughs> Michael, what a fox. <laughs> J. Alright, anyway. Um 
So I read. Okay, Nick gave me two options to read. The first one was a book. <laughs> I'm going to guess you read that one. Yeah. I started to read that one. Oh, shit. What was it called? Oh, The Iron Dragon's Daughter. Yeah, last I talked to you, that's what you said you were going to read. So you didn't read that. You changed halfway through? Uh, so it took me three weeks to get 90 pages in. I just could not force myself to do oh, it. No. I could not stand it. It was very child rapey. Oh, God. What? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I want to, I need to put this out there now. I had not read either of these books before <laughs> I recommended them. I, <laughs> I've been, I recommended to her the same way I've been recommending to myself when I'm bored of stuff to read, which is just reading World Fantasy Book Award winners that I've never heard of. And so I, I went through and I, I read the bios of a few and I found some that I thought would be interesting. Apparently not. Yeah, that I'm one takes I'm so place. sorry. It's okay. You didn't know. It takes place in like an ironworks place where they build mechanical dragons that have like real memories and personalities and stuff. And the main girl, she's like, she's a changeling human living in this world where like everyone else is like a, a dryad or a, you know, some other fantasy creature. And the boss, the foreman on the floor, he like tries to get in her pants and she's like 14 and she gets her first period and he's like oh yeah get out of here and it was like oh okay oh my god oh god yeah, we're tapping out now but then i read <laughs> like, another like, get out of here like oh you're too old for me now uh i, I don't sure know. hope that's not where he was going with the cursed oh, moon no <laughs> oh my god it was just like super fucking weird Oh, and I'm so sorry. I couldn't do I'm it. I have some whiskey in here. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, hold up. I'll be right back. I'm going to get some bourbon. <laughs> I actually know all about bourbon now because I also listened to the history of bourbon on Audible. I saw good. that. It was pretty it was pretty good. Interesting. Anyway, sorry. So the other book that Nick recommended was much better. Uh, it was... Umbria in Shadow by Patricia A. McKillop. Um, I guess she's kind of famous. I've never read any of her stuff before. Oh, that's that's whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in this book, there's a king who is dying. He's on his deathbed, and his like great aunt, who they say several times died a hundred years ago she comes and she like takes over as regent for the young prince and the king's mistress gets kicked out of the palace because you know she's useless now so I mean, the king is dead yeah what was this called again i was busy getting whiskey Umbria <laughs> in shadow um um Umriel? Umbria. O-M-B-R-I-A okay. in Shadow. All so, right, there. Now I found it. Did you okay. find it bad? What? Was it bad? No, I liked it. You liked it? Okay, good. Yes, this one I liked. <laughs> but I, I do have questions about it, though, because there's so much that's, like, left to the reader's imagination. Like, there's this 
mystery girl who okay i'm gonna start at the beginning so there's two different ombrias there's you know the regular city of ombria you know where there's the the king who presides and then there's like the shadow ombria it's like an undercity it's there's like magic timed isn't really there it's like past present and future all exist at the same time and there's this one girl character and she lives in the undercity but then it's hint it's hinted that she <laughs> she might be connected to another character in the future but it doesn't really go into it and it I would have liked to see that a little bit more. So the the main plot of the story is that the um the king's mistress after she gets booted from the palace, she like teams up with the king's bastard nephew to and and the the shadow girl to try to get rid of the great aunt who's been dead forever because she's like this crazy power hungry creature who she she's been like taking over people's ships i guess she's got like a whole pirate colony on some island somewhere they didn't, yeah it sounded awesome but they didn't really go into it an implied pirate army that's not as good not <laughs> <laughs> really well, i mean were there more books in this was this a series i think it's a standalone what? But she does have a whole bunch of other books that I've got put on hold at the bookstore right now. <laughs> I mean, like, she has an interesting style and I liked it. But I just wish that, you know, how dare she leave so much up to my own imagination. I want her to <laughs> tell me what the hell's going on. Don't leave me alone with my thoughts. That's why I'm reading <laughs> this book. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It was good though. I liked it. I liked the characters. Um I kind of didn't like the ending though. Cuz there's like oh spoilers. So there's like this witch in the undercity who raised the shadow girl and she's kind of crazy. And in the end she like goes up to the overcity and like everything starts falling apart. Like, there's a hole ripped in time. Things are just disappearing. And then the shadow girl turns to her and she's like, what's happening? And then the the sorceress is just like, oh, I don't know. This just happens every time I come up here. And it's like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> you, you can't just say, oh, you know what? We don't know what's happening here. <laughs> oh, that... I gave it three stars on Goodreads because I liked it, but I still have questions. And you know what? I probably left you guys with a lot of questions, too. But questions <laughs> like where you're like, hey, a sequel would fit nicely. Yeah. Or questions like this the whole world just doesn't make sense. Like a sequel would be great because I want to know more about how the shadow girl like is around because she was left at the sorceress's door as a baby with just a locket with three drops of blood, a petal, and a little piece of charcoal. Well, the king's bastard nephew, uh, he does a lot of charcoal drawings, and then there's 
And he has blood. <laughs> yeah. But apparently his father, because his mom is the king's sister, but his father apparently is from like a mirror realm. Oh my. And they don't really go into that either. <sighs> sequel would be nice. Patricia, I want a sequel. Someone with <laughs> it's it's like it's like she had like too big of an imagination and not enough pages. Yeah, it, it, it happens. Was, it was a kind of nice and short book though. It's like eight hours on Audible. Oh really? Yeah. Hmm. So That's it's nice. Breeze. What's yeah, the usual what's the usual cool. hour to page translation? Uh, it's about like it's like this fifty is... words. It's fifty pages per hour, I think. Okay. This says I feel about like 315 pages. Hmm. I feel like most audiobooks I listen to are about 20 hours. Yeah. But I'm listening to a 600 page book and it's 21 hours. Well, I'm drunk now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got my bourbon. I mean, oh, you think I'm joking, that. but I am such a lightweight. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily, it's probably time for you to talk about a book. It is. Let's. What was that? It was uh, Umbria and Shadow by Patricia McKillop. Patricia A. McKillop. Oh, Patricia A. McKillop. I think she. I think she's famous, but I. Uh, I think I've seen her name around a few times. Yeah, she's got. She's got like the the throne of the Errol of Cheryl. What? I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Are those words. I don't know. They might have been at one point. The Forgotten Beasts of Eld. Um, I mean, that's, they, it sounds neat. Um, the Heir of Sea and Fire. The Riddle Master Head. The, the Riddle Master. Heir of Sea and Fire. Heir, no, like the, like the oh, guy oh, in the hair. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just a lot of. That's what I was like, what are people breathing? So many elements. <laughs> what are people breathing? Homophones, Dan. That would be the funniest thing I've ever heard, Dan. What are people breathing? There's this elemental thing just breathes. That's not the bourbon talking. That's just <laughs> a bit I, funny. I need to put this scotch away. Excuse me. Wait a second. Are you drinking uh, no, no, I was. N I never said bourbon. Nick said bourbon. I said whiskey, oh, which okay. is an overset, a superset of scotch. Yes. Irish whiskey is the best. No, I disagree. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I went to an Irish tasting thing in Ireland, and it was great. Oh, I believe it's. It can be great. I just. I just have a fondness for scotch. I've tasted whiskey in several countries, and it all tastes like wood. So. <laughs> well, it's supposed to taste like wood because it's aged in barrels that have been burnt by wood. Save yourself that are made of wood. <laughs> made of wood lick and burnt table or something. <laughs> What'd you say? Like a tree board? <laughs> like a table. A table. So, it's okay. okay. Then after after getting a whiskey tasting in Ireland, me and my friend went to England and had a um, bar hop or whatever around Soho when we got very drunk. You mean a pub crawl. They're oh, called pubs in London. Well, they yeah. start out as hops and then they turn into crawls. <laughs> and, and I had to navigate me and my friend back to our hotel on the 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 tube while we were very drunk. And it was just like, how do we get home? Let's go. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> You've obviously terrifying. never seen the movie Hostel. Oh, man. I should <laughs> oh I should God. go 
if if the world weren't poison, I should go to London and go pub crawling with my 80 year old uncle. We should oh, all yes. go. That would be hilarious. We all visit we your 80 year old so uncle. So you now have to talk about a book. Yeah. Oh, man. Katie, what books did you suggest for me? The one you didn't like. I suggested. Uh, what was the other one? The one I didn't read. Leviathan by Scott Westerfeld. Okay. And have you read that one? I have. I I actually just finished up the trilogy like last week. I finished and, the third one. Yeah. Okay. So you liked Again. it enough that you like it. Yeah. This was okay. actually my second read through for it. Oh, that's I read it. You really like it. That's really cool. Yeah. So I'm just putting off talking about the other book. Which no, was... no, no. Let's hear it, Peter. Okay, fine. Well, let's go. Boy, I wish we had recorded this like two months ago, right after I read this book. I would have had more words. Um, Sorry, we put it off for two months. We haven't recorded it never. Yeah, it's it's been like 30 years since we all sat down to record together. Yeah, we're I've old, never sat we're down. We're old now. You could have hung out with us when we played games. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought I, I I didn't feel like getting a new game when you all were talking about Among Us, and I've since learned that it it might actually be a great idea to join you. But I'm also I just have so much stuff. Why am I making these excuses on recording? Let me talk about a book. Um, five dollars or free. Five dollars or free. That's Among Us. It's yeah. free on, on iOS. It's free. Oh well, I don't have that. The Android too. I'm pretty sure. Well, I don't want to play it on my phone. <laughs> I, That's I a good choice. Pay the I $5. Agree. Yeah, it's worth it. Listen, I'm going to talk about a book now. <laughs> okay, so Katie made me read The Red Knight by I mean, Miles Cameron. I feel like you had a choice there and you chose that one. She told me this book first and I started before she told me the other one. That's <laughs> okay. my fault. Um, okay. <laughs> I was trying to defend you here. No, no, no. I'm the asshole. <laughs> <laughs> There's no asshole here. I'm just like, this is the book that was given to me and I read it. God damn it. <laughs> so it's The Red Knight by Miles Cameron. It's listed as The Traitor Son, uh, as in Child Cycle, book one. And there are five books in this cycle. And I can't imagine reading any more of them. Why do I feel like I know this series? I've, I've I, heard of... I don't know. I'll start talking about it, and maybe something will leap out at you. No, I uh, haven't read it. I just know this, like, this series title thing. It could just mm. be because gen- generic cycle. Yeah, it's I just, it's, a you picture know. on Twitter that had the book. Oh, you did, yes. Because you, put, you mentioned that you bought some new books, and then I said, oh, you should have waited until my review. And <laughs> then I returned it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's hear about commercialism. it. Okay, um, it is really, really wordy. It says things in about five times the length that it should say them, if you want my humble opinion. And when you go to the back of the book and you read the author's uh, blurb, it says that that he is a uh, recreational uh, uh, reenacting enthusiast of 12th and 14th century 
I, I might be getting those centuries wrong, but they're in the in the ballpark of 12th and 14th century, uh, uh, like travel and military operations and that kind of thing. And when you see that, the whole book makes sense because, boy, does he love talking about all of the Logistics. historically accurate things that went into being a soldier or a warrior back in that roughly 12th to 14th century era of medieval England. If you, dear listener, love the word sabatons, what? this book is for you. It's my favorite word. <laughs> the sabaton, you might be enlightened to hear, is the piece of armor that covers the foot. <laughs> Peter, I'm so sorry. It, it is the source of our word sabotage. Oh my God. This I already knew, actually, but because, because sabotage uh, at, the, at the time that this word was born was, was uh, enacted through stomping with your shoes, your feet, your sabaton, on the, the grains, the, the crops that were, uh, would otherwise be harvested, and you were therefore acting in, you were performing an act of sabotage. Um, but boy, if you like reading about men putting on their sabatons and knights with their paired men-at-arms, which are different than knights, each uh, and with their paired archers, which are all paid different amounts, by the way. God, and that's mentioned. Um, the bookkeeping. <laughs> yep. Um, if you want to read about all of that in a kind of England, which and it's obviously a kind of England, especially because there's a kind of France right across the water that sends over some real asshole that we keep hoping will get his comeuppance. And then he kind of does, but then it gets undone. And then it's really unsatisfying um, with magic and with monsters that exist in a way that make you wonder how this land was ever, ever uh, colonized or settled in the first place. Um, because there are all these different kinds of monsters that uh, have their different traits and all of them can pretty much wipe out humans. Um, and they all have their own cutesy little, it's not quite standard fantasy names like Boglins. They're not goblins, <laughs> or but they're goblins. Or Bokoblins from Zelda? They're they're not Bokoblins from Zelda either. <laughs> they just um, switched the B and the G. That's so bad. They did. And I mean, they're somewhat different, but mostly they're not different. Um, uh, or the Daemons, uh, which are, I don't know. <laughs> they they're kind of the letters around. <laughs> I mean, I've seen more than a few fantasies with that's, that take demon and say daemon instead. But... Oh. Um, that's, uh, you know, did that. I'm sure I've seen a number. I mean, I remember it from, uh, Ultima 
six, the video game that I played when I was, I don't even know, 14 or something. Did they um, use the weird EA? I think it was AE, but yeah. But this seems like the kind of book where you, if you looked it up, you'd find out, oh, actually, it was, it used to be book goblins back in, you know, I mean, you know, I, you know, it's entirely possible that Boglin is, you know, let me just hold on. Boglin. What does the OED have to say? Uh, the Oxford English does not find the word Boglin. How about Goblin? Goblin. It's there. And it traces it back to old French in the 1500s. According to Wikipedia, Boglins were goblin-themed hand puppets made of flexible rubber and manipulated to represent speech and facial expressions. (laughs) Huh. I think they came out in the 90s or something. Oh, in the the 80s. (laughs) They're toys of some sort. Uh, but there's more there's more goblin in okay like 1300s potentially and possibly in the 12th century uh in some yeah in some british source but anyway so yeah i don't know these are boglins they're different uh, because they're kind of insectile um but they they have a lot of the same traits you know they're they're easily defeated but they come in vast quantities and uh yeah um and there's you know so there's magic and we follow the red knight who leads this band of mercenaries and what the snot is that oh katie posted a picture of the boglin from some sort of commercial thing that's (laughs) i mean it looks like it looks like it would come from a uh fun mask it looks like a mask no, like a Muppet production, you know, like the Dark Crystal or something. Hey, kids, uh, I'm here to do your medieval bookkeeping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like that. What? Hey, your watches. Admittedly, I, I kind of like logistics in book. I would probably like this as, like, a documentary, because that would be interesting as a documentary without, like, the fantasy element. Yeah, if you pretend that it's nonfiction, I'm sure it's great. So let me, <laughs> let me put it this way. Um, I... I have read this, I've read The Red Knight, and I've read um, the five-book uh, series by uh, Daniel Abraham, The Dagger and the Coin, which starts with uh, The Dragon's Path, which also deals with a ton of like the economics and the realities of marching to war um, and mixes in some awesome magic and stuff. And it's, you can do it, in a way that is not tedious. Yeah. yeah and um, and this book did not. Yeah, I was just saying, cause, like, oh, that sounds interesting, because I kind of like the logistics portions of things. So I wasn't, like, too... Except for the overuse of sagwans. Sabatons. Sabatons. The overuse yeah. of a word, I'm just like, okay, guys, we get it. Um, but yeah, so there's an awful lot of that, and, you know, couching lances, and... Um, and then the various sorts of uh, magic use that gets involved. And um, yeah, I mean, okay. So the other, like, that's all detail. And there are some people who would really love that. My other kind of like condemnation of the book is that I was on page about 150 
when I, when I decided finally, like this book had been hand set for me as a task. I was on page about 150 when I decided if I don't start caring about something in the next 50 pages, I'm going to stop reading. And I think it took me another 20, 25 pages to actually care. Um, and part of the problem there was the frequency of, of uh, what is it, of changing the point of view. Like the, the author head hopped uh, relentlessly uh, between different characters um, within chapters, sometimes staying with a given character, including the villain. Uh, for only a couple of paragraphs just to give us what they were experiencing at the moment. And it was not only often disorienting, um, it also made it really hard to remember who was who until I was, for example, 150 pages in. Okay, I sorry to interrupt, but Maslin does this so much. Oh yeah, it does. And I found that difficult too. They have, a, they have 453 point of view characters in a 10 book series well and i'm done reading those books too so maybe that tells you more about me than about the red knight but uh yeah you also don't really love the song of ice and fire which also does that quite a lot the song of ice and fire i know you have other bones to pick with it don't get me wrong no 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 no, no. <laughs> the song of ice and fire has far fewer point of view characters and sticks to one for a full chapter each time it's oh yeah it's that's a good point. far less of an offender in this case yeah, like I can deal with like ten point of view characters as long as we like I start caring about somebody. Like, if you switch between mid chapter, I don't care about this person and their plot. Right. I mean, and and the the author just kind of peppered attention or point of view around so liberally. It was really hard to have any idea who was actually who because i'll read a character and then 10 pages later read from their point of view again and i don't remember if i've been with them before um because i'm seeing like, so many names what was that was it kind of like frank herbert's sort of peeking into people's thoughts i mean absolutely it it, it jumped into people's points of view like i don't i don't remember more like was- hard delimiters on the page like you know like an actual line or there were there were there was a line it would it would go bold and it would there were some times where i think editing missed a thing and it changed point of view without without a heads up there were some editing flaws um but not not a ton but enough that i noticed um although i am generally sensitive to such things um but as a rule with with few exceptions it would you know uh, give us space and then have a, a, a bold, small, but bold header that would say so-and-so and that they give a name and then their location. That oh, location. That sounds weird. really obnoxious. Uh, well, I'm that's yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm, yes. That's jarring. Cause like, um, I, I like yeah. the way Frank Herbert does it. Like you mentioned, Dan. I mean, I've what? read Dune. Nick I've read Dune. Dune? Um, this is the first I'm hearing about it. Yeah, so I've, I've read I've read the first Dune book, and it didn't, you know, offend in this regard. Um, but so this was like it, it made okay. it so I didn't feel any connection until any to any particular character, even the ones I could tell I was supposed to feel connection to because they were perhaps the eponymous Red Knight. Um, <laughs> until, like I said, I was 
150 pages in and that's maybe a third of the book or something. I so I think it's a sixth of the book because it was like 600 pages. Oh, that sounds right. I was doing my math wrong because I'm drunk now. <laughs> yeah, I was multiplying 150 by three and getting like 700. And that's not right at all. <laughs> it's okay. So my book was The Red Knight by Miles Cameron. And, you know... You, you may or may not want to read it, depending on how much you like sabatons. Go read The Dagger and the Coin. Absolutely. Go read uh, the, da- the Dragon's Path by Daniel Abraham, which is the first book in the Dagger and the Coin series. It's fantastic. Loved it all the way through. Their villain was tremendous. I it's- added it to my Goodreads. <laughs> yes. Add all five. Just read them in order, because otherwise you'll be very confused. Yeah, Rachel. Um, <laughs> I don't do it that much. That. Um, anyway, so uh, yeah, no, that was uh, that was an achievement. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I feel I feel proud that I finished. We are proud of you too, Peter. Oh, thank you. I'm sorry I had to put you through that. No, no, no. It was a valuable learning experience for me <laughs> as a reader and a writer. Yeah. So thank you, Katie. I owe you much. Aw, I'll take a yeah. check. Okay. <laughs> I sympathize with like the changing main characters because Maslin does it so much. I'm just like, what's the A? Pl- There's an A. There should be an A plot, a B plot, and maybe an overall plot. Why are there like sixty bazillion plots? Somebody because there are there if there are sixty in that book with Erickson. If there are sixty characters, there are sixty plans. I don't think you understand, but every sentence should be a plot. <laughs> Fuck that. So I can see some pretentious writing professor say that. Okay. I mean, I was told when I was writing um, role-playing game material that there should be a hook in every paragraph, and I, I think that that was actually pretty good, uh, a pretty good ideal. Yeah, but like the hmm. first three books are great. After the first three books, I was just like, ah, <laughs> why are there so many characters? Who are you, and how are you different from this character? Which would be fine if there were five books, but there are like 27 books. There's 10 in the main series. I'm only reading <laughs> there's, a, there's a main I series. I don't like that term, main series. Admittedly, <laughs> they, they were supposed to be like, a, this was supposed to be like a, like a tabletop game that turned into a book series. So it Always like, a recipe for success. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, it was a success for The Expanse. Oh yeah! Oh, that's right. That's where I've heard that guy's name. He's he's one half of James of S. A. Corey. Uh, that's correct. Yeah. He is. Yeah. Yeah. I I just can't. I have on. I have. I've read seven of the books. I well, you can't read. stop now. I mean, I don't the want prior to investment fallacy is uh, is got you trapped. Yeah, I also <laughs> don't want to stop. I'm just like, I want to get through this mountain because they're really big books. I'm kind of. I'm also kind of interested in the plot, and I also want to meet my favorite character again because I haven't seen him in forever. Fair enough. Like I got hooked to one character in the beginning of the first book. I was just like, "I love you. You're mine now." But and Erickson was back. like, "See you in ten books." <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know that does feel an awful lot like uh, the the Wheel of Time. <laughs> oh, Matt Cawthon, why can't the books be just about you? I have a problem. I read, I read with, that. 
<laughs> I, have a, I have a problem where I get hooked on the first character that I get, like the first POV character I get. I'm just like, you're mine now. <laughs> I own you. <laughs> Except for Stormlight. I don't, uh, Kaladin is not my favorite. Well, he's very weepy. <laughs> so, um, you know what, guys? I don't like the tone of this show suddenly. I think it's <laughs> gotten a little. What, negative? <laughs> or did you say boozy? What? <laughs> Look, I'm not drunk. I'm just drunk. Um, well, let me let me turn it around, you guys, because I liked my book. I yeah, did, I, did I give you a choice or did I make you read just one book? I think you just gave me one option and I looked it up and I was like, this is totally acceptable. So. Perfect. Let's roll. Uh, so I read The Magic of Recluse. Uh, by Ellie M- Modesit Jr. Oh, yeah. Ellie Modesit Jr. I don't know how to pronounce it. You're very name. aggressive, Peter. I don't know how to uh, Look, it. look, somebody made me drink alcohol. <laughs> I mean, you did that yourself. And also, yeah, that but, was- but it was it was required based on. I, I blame the red night. Yeah, it was child rape. That's what it was. Thanks for bringing that up again, Rachel. I'm having another drink. I mean, I'm the closest to a child on this podcast, so. You're not helping anything. I mean, technically, Katie is the nearest one to a child. (laughs) (laughs) I love that joke. (laughs) Um, Nick is in, like, despair. Nick has become a dad recently, but not actually, but recently. Wait, what? <laughs> he's has, he has I dad. don't know what he's trying to tell you. I didn't have a child. I didn't no. think you had a child. No, it was like you have dad energy because you've been bothered. Oh. oh, that didn't happen recently. It's been going <laughs> been... on for a while. Okay, you also have the beard. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's also been going on for a while. <laughs> All right, the magic All right. of recluse. The magic of recluse. Uh, so it's pretty good. Um, it's it's old school, written in 1992, which is like the age of the Wheel of Time. Uh, yep. So if you like the Wheel of Time, you probably like I did. You'll probably be pretty good with what goes on in the magic of recluse. Uh, it's um, because it you know it starts with like a sort of very simple premise of there's chaos magic in the world and there's order magic and the book sets up pretty early on that like uh the tension between these two forces is going to propel the book what i was like unprepared for was that order magic which the primary character of the book uh practices is really more like woodworking (laughs) than it is anything else uh and it is like exactly woodworking because the main character just like becomes a woodworker <laughs> way through the book and he starts making furniture there's a lot of this book that is about making furniture i, I um, remember i remember a lot of it be, like i remember moments of finding this specific wood mm-hmm. or you yeah. know making something out of black oak or something yeah there's a i i, I it may also help that like Unrelated to this book, I also started watching a lot of YouTube woodworking videos <laughs> because I can't help myself picking up new hobbies. Uh, but yeah, so essentially chaos magic is like your kind of standard thoughts about magic. You get a wizard and he wants to do something and he'll use magic and um, shoot fire out of his hands or blow something up or 
twist nature in some way to accomplish what he wants to do. And order magic is kind of the opposite. You have to, you can build something and the act of building it, the act of doing something in an orderly and sort of rote method is, can imbue that thing with power. So uh, there is literal magical furniture in the, (laughs) in the book. There's, there's literally a point where the main character is kind of hiding out and he's, has become a woodworker and he just gets too into it and he makes these chairs and he gives them away and unbeknownst to him a chaos magician sits on it and the chaos magician like bursts into flames and dies <laughs> because he sat in the wrong magical chair because the chair was too orderly so much it's, uh, it's good I mean the the book surprised me a lot because I kind of expected Wheel of Time adventuring to happen the, the main plot of the book is that uh, there's a guy named Laris and uh, he kind of goes on a, a, what do you call it? When Amish kids go rumspringer, rumspringer. Yes. Oh, essentially yeah. he's forced into a rumspringer uh, because he is lazy in a <laughs> village of order wizards who are like, everything has to be perfect. If you do something not perfect, you're contributing to chaos and we're not about that. And so you have to leave and figure out yourself. And by the way, no one can help you with anything. And Laris is kind of like your typical kind of whiny teenager. And he just doesn't see the point of, you know, measuring everything to, you know, not just measure twice, measure four times and then cut and do it exactly right and cut with the grain and all of this woodworking perfection that they keep trying to force on him uh and he's just like not interested um so he's forced out of the village with a bunch of other miscreants and the miscreants are are somewhat odd because they take up maybe like a quarter of the opening part of the book which is Laris sort of getting basic survival training with these other people but you realize that like the other people are not like him like he's lazy that's his flaw and these other people are some of them are like power obsessed some of them are just sort of apathetic some of them one of them is just a woman who would like to be in charge and the dudes of the village are like that's not how it works here and so if you're not about how it works here then you're not about the village and we gotta throw you out if you're not about our kind of order then you're about disorder Exactly right. So, I mean, that's really sort of what the novel's about. And I kind of expected him to go on this rumspringer and, you know, pick up a magic sword and start fighting everyone. But that's not what happens. Uh, instead, he he actually, like, goes and, like, learns some, like, life lesson kind of stuff. Now, there is a lot of, like, magical adventures that happen kind of along the way, but eventually he, he kind of comes to this decision that like, well, you know, order is, is pretty good and chaos is like real bad. Uh, so I don't want to be a chaos. I I'm, but I don't want the order of the place I left. That kind of sucked. Like, why did they throw me out? I'm, and, and not just throw me out, but like sort of threw these kids to the wolves um, where they were, you know, almost all of them were immediately like literally devoured by chaos magicians. Um, 
So it's interesting that like he doesn't he doesn't seek out adventure and literally comes to a point where he's like living in a village and the story is kind of about him trying to like open a woodworking shop. So not not there's not a lot of adventure in this book, but but what really sold me on it is that like it actually kind of had something to say, um, which I find extremely rare in fantasy novels like especially from this time period you know this mm-hmm. this book went somewhere with its story and like had a a message um pretty succinctly layered um in the story it was telling it's it, it's not unobvious but it's not also like clubbing you over the head with some sort of moralistic uh message instead it's like arguing for competence in a really interesting way like uh i don't know i've watched a lot of uh west wing <laughs> in the last few weeks um as uh you know you you people listening to this have have already received the results of the u.s election but i well, am maybe living in the in the dangerous before times uh, <laughs> the, the on youtube without a political ad popping up in your face you can if you pay for no ads if you can if you use an ad blocker <laughs> uh, there's no ad blocker on the phone oh yes i don't do youtube on the phone yes but it, so i've been watching a lot of uh west wing and as as like a bomb <laughs> for them yeah. and you know that's kind of like what a lot of um aaron sorkin's work is too like a argument for for Transparency and competence. Yeah. And uh, so it was really, it was a really like, this was a comforting book to read. It was, it was, it was nice. There was not a lot of like, there was antagonism, but it was uh, often like more societal antagonism than there was like a villain that had to be defeated. Uh, It does, it does eventually get up to that level of stuff, but that's literally like the last 10% is like, the main character going, fine, I'll fight a chaos wizard, fine. Uh, uh, does it feel like or a Red's Queen's War? Uh, you know, Red's Queen's War is so weird because it's really like a travel book, right? Yeah. So, so different, like, this book had a very sort of, um, what, like, there were not surprises in the plot in terms of its structure the way there are for Red Queen's War. Like, Red Queen's War... If you're waiting for like a villain or something, it will not arrive. Like it's it's literally a series of events um, about two guys trying to get from one place to another place. Uh, but this so, one was was much more structured and around its theme. And uh, is is this the book where the the story? Because it's been a long time since I read these. Uh, where the moral of the story, in a way, is that like recluse is too too ordered like it is too much a bastion of order it, it's uh, more that like uh yeah i mean yes it is that but i but i think the book presents it more like uh, recluse's problem and recluse is the name of the village uh of, of order wizards right but recluse's problem is is not that they're too ordered but that they have chosen a particular order and mm. do not recognize other vision uh, of what that order could be they're, it's they're too narrow-minded because they've decided right. on a type of order right right they are they are conservatism in a big way mm-hmm. um whereas you know you can be uh 
you know, forward thinking and or and law and order at the same time. Sorry to mix all my politics up. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, so have you gone on and read any of the other books in this? Series? I have not. I have two major complaints, uh, which number one is that I like this book so much. And then I looked up how many more there are in the series and there are 20 books. In this okay. series. I'm pretty sure I haven't read them all. So, yeah, I, I think I would definitely will have to read at least the next one and see if it can keep hooking me. Well, so uh, the interesting thing about this series um, is that it it's not uh, linear and it doesn't create one coherent story. They are the series um, is a bunch of books set in this world many of which have to do with recluse, um, but all of which have to do with like order and chaos and the magic thereof um, that follow different characters in different time periods. I think one of them leads up to the founding of recluse. Um, And so, so they all stand alone fairly effectively, even though it it benefits the reader to have read the others. Um, so in like in no way are you going to get caught up and be like, oh, I guess if I don't read book nine, I'll, I'll never get to the end of this, this interminable adventure. No, it's it's they all hold uh, internally. Um, and I think that's that's a pretty interesting that, that the, the author found enough uh, to write about enough different themes Although, I don't know, maybe he started repeating himself, but enough different themes in this uh, kind of tug of war between chaos and order, not good and evil, but chaos and order to uh, to keep writing in the setting. Yeah, and I did I did say it was old fashioned and and for the most part, uh, like Laris as a character is, you know, growing up in a very conservative environment also has a lot of. Uh, conservative ideas specifically about women in the book. Mm. Uh, by the end, some of that has turned around. Uh, it's certainly not a like a feminist book in any stretch of the imagination, but it did get better as it went on. Um, and the other thing that really bothered me was the author's use of onomatopoeia. Uh, it is <laughs> it is constant through the whole book. And I, and I, you know, I'm really tempted to buy. So I listened to this on Audible, which probably made it worse, uh, <laughs> because I, I'm terribly tempted to buy a, a paper copy or a Kindle copy or something just to see what was actually written on the page. Because the the reader, boy, he did his he he did he was a whole sound effects board all <laughs> on his own. And uh, God help me, there's a pony that features heavily through the <laughs> book and it brays like a donkey essentially and oh, it is, it's like every 10 minutes <laughs> I, remember that at all. I guess i'm lucky yeah so i don't know there's birds and creaking doors and like uh, it's it's all the time i don't know what was going on I, I don't know why i don't know why the author thought he needed to include sound effects on the page but that but that is a very like old-fashioned fantasy style when mm. people would write in all their onomatopoeias i kind of feel bad for the, the narrator <laughs> it was ridiculous Hank. i'll cut some audio for you guys later but <laughs> what boy. do you do if like it's clearly a horse but you're reading and it sounds like a donkey do you just commit to the donkey or do you do a horse sound listen like, i'll say this 
I feel like the 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 choice of the sound effect was appropriate to what was being described. Like the the pony is supposed to be this sort of I don't know, tough as nails mountain pony that like n- you know, no one else but the main character can handle, obviously. But uh yeah, I mean, so I was basically a donkey and uh it, I'm tempted to do the sound effect now, but I'm not going to. No, no, I'm not convinced to do that. So, no, sorry, I I wasn't quite understanding. What is the sound effect? Oh, Katie, no, no, I'm not doing it. What? I don't. I'm not. I I can't I understand. I don't. Turn my mic off. I'm gonna practice one time and see how. It <laughs> oh God! Oh God! Katie, yeah? Katie, I was not mad at you about the red knight. <laughs> I'm, i might give you a promotion in a second we'll see how this goes wait katie you're gonna give her a promotion oh yeah okay that wasn't as bad as i feared imagine that in your ears like it's over a 13 hour book i feel like Stop with the horse. It's literally in my car. I'm like, why is this happening? I want this horse to die. Oh, okay. Okay, that's cool. All right. I understand now, Dan. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that was worth it. Uh, what did you read again, Dan? I read The Magic of Recluse by Ellie Modisit Jr. Uh, okay, well that's that. That's all of our books. We're all we're all done. We're all booked out. Is anyone guess, else tired? I'm tired. I guess we should actually announce what we're reading next, since we're all reading the same book. And oh, you, yeah, yeah, we've just decided. Okay, so our theme for next month is we're all reading the same book. I like this theme. <laughs> um, and we have selected what was it? Ghost talker. Yes. Ghost by, talkers. Ghost talker. Plural. Mary Robinette Kowal. Uh, is it Kowal, not Kowal? I actually have no idea. Kowal. I'm, Kowal. I, I've always heard her say it, Kowal, yeah. Oh, well, if you, I mean, that seems like the authoritative source to me. Um, I also liked this method of choosing books. I would do this again. Yeah, it was fun. It, yeah, so like... Yeah, okay, let's... Because it's it's almost more compelling to me that sorry i'm talking about the one we just did oh this right? one today's where today. we pick books for each other i almost i find this like easier and more interesting uh than than picking a theme and finding uh, all of us finding books ourselves um, i think we should do it like, I, I definitely think we should do a yearly thing like this Oh, I think it should be more, more, but we can argue about it. Later. Fine, hey. weekly, weekly, fine. No, 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 no. If Roll. Halloween is once a year, we're getting this once a year. Yeah. Okay. It could be our Christmas episode since we're doing Secret Santa. All right, we can do it every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It's fine. <laughs> okay, good. Sold. Sold to the man in the corner with the hat. Okay, so <laughs> we have been the F bomb, the fantasy book of the month podcast, okay. where you listen to us talk about books. Um, wh- who are we, and where can you find us, Rachel? Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter at, at Argent Ray. You can also find me on my other podcast, uh, 
homebrew kitchen where we make stupid one shots and funny voices. Nick, uh, you can find me in the great c- city of Cincinnati. Uh, <laughs> you can uh, find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tacky Slacks, where I post pictures of the brisket I made the other day. Ooh. And uh, you can check out the other podcasts on too many thoughts media.com. Dan. I'm Dan Evanson. You can find myself at danielevinson.com. And uh, we've also, I've got another show on the, on the network. It's Nostalgia Plus with most of these, all of these jokers. <laughs> most of these? What are we missing? Oh, no, it's everybody. Uh, but, <laughs> Me uh, half the time, I guess. Uh, coming up in December, I also interviewed some people without all of you guys. And uh, those are coming up. So uh, I think by now, uh, the one with Tempest uh, Bradford should be out. I, you guys, I found other people to talk to about Gargoyles. How? That's not. Yeah, that's <laughs> exciting. That's not me and Peter poo-pooing on the show a lot. <laughs> it was a nice thing to talk to other people that like gargoyles. Yeah. Okay. Positive things to say about it. I I just had didn't have positive things to say about the world tour. That's no, you, know, you shouldn't. It's bad. <laughs> All right, Katie. That's me. Yeah. Where do you exist? Right here. Um, I'm on Twitter at shimmybook. Where I tweet, if I remember, I have it. And sometimes I respond to you. Yes. Yes. And I'm Peter Schaefer, and I write fiction and games uh, at paschaefer.com or shoelesspetegames.com uh, at shoelesspete on Twitter. And, uh, and I'm probably just coming out right now with uh, when this launches. With a tabletop role-playing game called The Well. Go pre-order it? I don't know what's going to be available. Do something like that. It's awesome. Search it out. Listen listen to Homer Kitchen's episode about it. Yes, do that. Is that happening? Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, do what they do what Rachel said. Um yeah. And I'm fairly right. certain there'll be a link in the bio somewhere. I believe you find you Peter's that. Peter stuff. All right. Well, so uh, thank you for listening to all of us babbly folk. And uh, until next time, please keep reading.